Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Narcissist's Evil Hall of Mirrors. Guys, you're very welcome here to this channel. Today we're going to get into trying to simplify with an analogy the actual devastation to a person's mind, having been through the illusory relationship with the narcissist. A narcissist's agenda is to get their needs met through your discombobulation, through putting you through a chaotic situation where you can't actually get a grip or hold on reality. And I thought that the best way to describe this would be to use the analogy of the narcissist's evil hall of mirrors. So let's get into it and see if this resonates with you. And it may explain at the end of the podcast why you're left with rumination why you're left with what we call in this community cognitive dissonance, where you can't sort reality out from reality. So, yeah, let's get into it. Basically, I have the scenario of the narcissist standing outside a stall in a game fair or whatever, traveling circus or such like, and getting punters in calling people out, saying, roll up, roll up, get your mesmerizing, fantastical experience, private viewing, come in, come in, come in. And they hone in on one person that's passing by with their ice cream and their family. And they say, come in, I can tell you all about yourself. This is going to be a fascinating experience. It's a private showing. Come in on your own and let's go for it. So you go in and the narcissist has this hall of mirrors that they're going to fascinate you with, that they're going to distract you from your life's purpose with, and actually they're going to blow your mind with. So the first mirror you come to, and I'm sure if you've been to some of these fairs in the past, if they're still in existence, as when I was a child, they certainly were. You'd go in and you would look at different mirrors and you would look different in each of the mirrors. So the first mirror that the narcissist brings you to, he's, he or she stands beside you and admires you and him in the mirror and says, look, we're the same size. We look so good together. Hey, I, I, you know, we've got the same type of hair. We have the same type of presentation. And essentially, it's the mirroring process where the narcissist is making you feel very comfortable that you fit well together and you look really good together. The second mirror is... You know one of those mirrors that you, in the distorted mirror, evil hall of mirrors that you look in and you look tiny compared to your actual size. 
So you're kind of looking at yourself. These are distorted mirrors now. It's a whole, you know, entertainment game where people go, oh, look at me, look at you in that mirror. So this mirror, you look like a really tiny version of yourself. You look like a child. And the narcissist comes along and looks at you as a child and gets you to reflect on who you were as a child and what people said to you as a child and what other people would have seen you as then and get you to feed back to them how you see yourself from that particular distortion or view into your past. And this is when they're gaining the information on you. So when you describe what you see and who you believe you are from these secrets the narcissist extracts from you by delving into that part of yourself. And remember, this is a fascinating process because it is like a self-exploration and it's an intensely private experience. And this is why people stay so hooked in the experience because there is a concentration on you as a person that you may never have actually experienced before. Then the narcissist brings you to the mirror in which you look the most beautiful. And the narcissist describes how beautiful you are in this and says, this is reality and this is actually who you are. And that's the hooking moment. That's the moment where you see yourself as you've never seen yourself before. And you like the reflection in this mirror and it makes a lot of sense to you. And it's something you want to maintain and keep because it feels very good. It's like if someone takes a good photograph of you, it's very pleasing to you. And if they take a horrible one, a distorted one, it's kind of, oh gosh, do I really look like that? So this is this, is this beautiful mirror that the narcissist presents to you. Then they take you on to the next mirror where you stand together again. And in the mirror, they're showing you all the type of things and telling you all the type of things that you can do together and that together the reflection of the two of you will improve and improve and gosh you know if you look like that we can go here we can go there and it's all going to be absolutely wonderful so you're still on the good journey you're still on the the hooked part of the journey as you go round this hall of different mirrors that you're going to see and the narcissist presents these, remember they're mirrors, they're illusions, but you're looking in them and they seem real at the time. The next mirror is the very frightening mirror. It's the one, you know, when your face goes in and out and your head goes up long and your body goes out wide, it's the distorted mirror. And you're saying, oh my goodness, do I really look like that? And you're turning around to see your back and you're kind of going into the mirror and away from the mirror. That's the devaluation stage where the narcissist has you trying to get a fix on yourself where you look like yourself again. You can see different areas that look like you, but they're hugely distorted. The narcissist says when you kind of panic and say, I really can't see myself in this mirror. Oh, come over here, come over here. So I hope I'm doing a good impression of a fairground person who's bringing you into the distorted mirror, a hall of distorted mirrors. Come over here, come over here. And I'm going to show you that if you look in this mirror, the way I tell you to look, 
you're going to look, it's going to blow your mind. You're going to be fantastic. And again, the narcissist is bringing you to a different type of mirror into which you should look. And if you look in the mirror that the narcissist is showing you, then you'll see an even improved version of yourself in relation to the ones they've already shown you. Eventually, you go from one to the other, to the other, to the other, and you keep seeing a distorted version of yourself as the narcissist keeps the good mirrors away from you. You keep trying to find which was the mirror you looked in before that you felt happy in, but you can't find it. And eventually you come to mirror number nine and you look in the mirror and what you see staring back at you is not you, but the narcissist. You have literally lost the reflection of yourself and the narcissist is the whole reflection and is taking up the whole of your reflection in that mirror. And that, my friends, is an evil usurping of you and your soul and your identity and your energy. And it's an illusion. The narcissist is effectively saying, you don't matter. You, your reflection can be obliterated and you are me. You are an extension of me. You are a reflection of me and I have groomed you to be so. Yet also, this is an illusion. But when you're looking at it, it's very, very scary. And getting to the end now, and the end is the key to the whole of the hall of evil mirrors presented to you by the narcissist in an effect to mesmerize you away from the truth and away from reality. And you're in this hall. And this is all you're seeing when you look into the mirrors for the truth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. The next thing is you're in this maze of mirrors and the next mirror that's presented to you as you search around for the narcissist who now seems to have disappeared out of the hall of mirrors. You come to the last mirror and you look in it for yourself and you search for yourself. The image of the narcissist isn't coming to you in this mirror. There's a vague outline, like you're looking into a very damaged, very aged mirror where there's lots of little black and brown speckles on it. You can barely see an outline reflected of yourself the physical attributes of yourself. So you finally know that you still have life, that you still have an existence. And the more time you have looking at that reflection, the more you realize you have the potential to still exist, you do exist, and you are a person in your own right. 
This is where we come to when you get out of the hole of mirrors, when you finally scramble out of all the different distortions of your mind that the narcissist has brought you through. The narcissist has, in effect, held up every part of your life to you. Have you examine every part of your life, how other people see you, how the narcissist sees you, the future fakery of what they could offer you if you changed into this reflection. And in essence, it's a total combination of what everybody else thinks of you as a person. When you get out of that hole of mirrors, you're kind of scrambling around, trying to push into reality all the different images that were presented in those reflections. So you're literally climbing out of a hole of mirrors that are in you, that's in your head that the narcissist brought you through. And in order for you to make a reality out of it, you have to come out of that hole, you have to close the door and you have to stop looking in mirrors. And you know, that, that's not a practical thing to say. That's actually an analogy of thought. You have to be your own person that you decide you want to be after having gone through that dastardly experience where everything was an illusion, but it was a very painful exploration of you as, as the worst version of yourself, of you as the best version of yourself, of you as everyone else's version of yourself, of you as your childhood version of yourself, what was fed back to you in your childhood and by other people along the way in your life, and how the narcissist managed to keep you distracted from your life long enough and to confuse you with the distortions they presented to you of yourself in their view. So when you come out of that, is it any wonder that you are grappling around for a sense of reality? It's literally like you have been constantly at the Mad Hatter's tea party. You come out of the experience you have to leave the intensity alone, yet you're still in some ways in that hole. You're still in some ways looking into all of those different mirrors and trying to smash each one so that it's no longer reflected back to you who you are, but you reflect to the world who you want to be. So honestly, people, it is an experience in itself having been through a journey into your mind, into your mind that the narcissist has taken you in order to try and manipulate you to put out for them and to do for them and to be so mesmerized by yourself and your faults or your good points or what other people think of you, what the narcissist thinks of you. It's, it's, it's like a honey trap of mesmerizing psychological warfare where it takes your mind off the person that's in front of you, the narcissist, mesmerizes you with yourself, mind bends you in all different areas until 
the narcissist is effectively gone, you don't begin to, unless you find out about this education, you don't begin to smash those mirrors in time to save yourself. And sometimes people can end up for a very long time looking for the narcissist in that hall of mirrors to bring them to the good mirror reflection again, or they can stand in front of the distorted reflection of themselves and keep looking at that without going anywhere else, concentrating on the bad version of themselves and gazing in and gazing out and looking around and concentrating on that mirror, which is never going to reflect who you really are. So having been through this weird analogy experience, give yourself a break and tell yourself, having been through that mind mess of on reality of illusions. If you choose to use the experience where you delved into yourself and got lost and come out of it and make a defined definition of who you want to be as a person, not the reflections of other people, not the reflections of the narcissist who's always going to have to give you the distorted mirror. If you do that, you have effectively like gone through therapy. It's an unbelievable experience if you start to smash the mirrors and decide who you want to be yourself and go forward working on that and stay in a positive state. You know, we can all think that we're crap. We can all think that we need to improve. And there is certainly time for that and there's space for that. However, it's important for someone who has been through this awful experience to really look at the positive side of life and to look at their positive attributes and to work on that part of themselves. So on that note, I will bid you adieu. I hope it has been a sorting out analogy so that you know that your healthy response to this is to sit and be mesmerized for a while but then to understand that you can never make sense of an evil distortion of reality, which is effectively the experience you would have had with a narcissist. It's in their benefit to keep you confused, to present a state of chaos to you, because that is where they effectively work best. They don't have a constant identity. They don't have a stable personality. So they work best in chaotic situations where they live in the moment. They don't remember have object constancy. So they don't take things from the past into their present moment or let it affect decisions in the present moment or for the future. So they are total camelons. They are total or chameleons as some people say it should be said. They're total chameleons. They're always changing. They're always shedding their skin and becoming a new version of themselves. So they work best in the chaos. And a normal human being, a normal person is devastated by it because it takes so long to get your mind back into reality and a healthy state. Bye for now. See you again soon.